are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. So, what's so amazing about grace? Have you ever thought about that? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to coffee. Not liquid coffee, but coffee. You know it stands for Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. And you know I'm Kim Crable, delighted to always be your host. Well, you could say today's guest was born to perform. From childhood, this award-winning actress was constantly jumping through hoops, checking off boxes, striving to please. This pattern suited her career, but stunted her growth as a follower of Christ. As much as she longed to understand grace, she kept reverting and trying to earn God's favor by her own efforts instead of resting securely in his love and acceptance. Now, how many of us have already connected with this lady that I'm about to bring on? These traits, I think, are things that most of us are either dealing with now or definitely have dealt with in our past. So today's show is going to be filled with wisdom of an incredible woman of God, an award-winning actress, speaker, writer, and I can honestly say a good friend of mine, Candace Kirkpatrick. Now, before she comes on, I want you to know that she is all over the place. You can see her on The Christian View. You can catch her at many places speaking on several platforms, but I will tell you one of my favorite places that I see her other than in person when we're just talking is in her role as the quirky Janet in the faith-based crime drama Vindication. She is so funny. You just, I mean, I just can't even believe it that that's my friend. But in addition to all that, let me tell you that my friend is probably one of the most encouraging hope-filled, delightful people I've ever met. She always sees the positive in everything, and she always has a kind word for everybody. So with that, I want to bring on someone that if you don't know her behind the scenes, you're going to get a glimpse into the real person, award-winning actress Candace Kirkpatrick. Candace, I am so delighted that you're joining <laughs> me this morning. <laughs> I am thrilled to be here with you, Kim, and I wish I actually were in person so I could squeeze you. I know. Well, we do have fun when we have the opportunity to meet at conferences to give each other, you know, in the South, they say, just hug your neck. And that's exactly what we do, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so um, sounds like you had a little trouble getting to the to your your place today um and our audience knows that we 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 don't normally meet in person so i'm just outside of atlanta and now where are you this morning candace 
I am in Tennessee, but I left Boston at 5 a.m. this morning. <laughs> I got it. How did Very that happen? <laughs> well, I think I think with all the changes in flights, my flight was originally scheduled for to come in last night, Sunday evening, but uh-huh. it got changed. Canced, that flight was canceled, and I was put on a 5 a.m. flight this morning. So arrived here just in time to... Um, change clothes and get in my prayer closet so I could go online with you and what a tremendous mm. blessing that is. Such an well, honor to be here. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that you uh, persevered. You know, it would have been easy just to cancel. So thank you so much for, for persevering and being here. And, um, you know, and, and it's true, Candace, it, it really is. And I think that Anyone that knows you knows that you're you're you have such a positive outlook on on everything. I mean, just you, everybody, everything. Where, where is that? Is that just a natural trait of yours, or is that something you just really work towards? I think that was what God did in me. If we talk about mm-hmm. like the acting part, when God called me out of the industry years ago when I was constantly being asked to separate my, in quotes, religion from my work, or if mm-hmm. I didn't do it, they'd find somebody else who will. At that time, I was praying like, Lord, what am I going to do? Because I had done that since acting since I was four years old. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know, like, do I have any other? Honestly, I did not know. Do I have any other gifts or talents? And I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to show me what to do. And um, I read through the Bible, try to get through one and a half to two times per year. But anyway, at that time when I was reading through, I kept stumbling upon this guy named Onesiphorus. And he was somebody who was an encourager. He sought out Paul when he was in prison to find him so he could encourage him in the faith. And the Lord said, Candace, that is you. You are an encourager. And I'm talking decades ago when I was on my knees before the Lord, like, Lord, if I leave this industry, what gifts and talents do I have left? I mean, I thought I had none. And the other, he showed me other things that I had, which is um, I have a a tremendous love for the word. I love God's (laughs) word. And I love teaching it in such a way that others get fired up about learning the word. Not because yes. I said that, because God has a word for them. But yes. when he showed me that, um, that encouragement is a gift, I thought, yes. And I think, and I think I'm going to say this, I think because I never received it. I never, ever received it growing up. Mm-hmm. I don't know why So I think the Lord gave it to me to extend to others because, um, I don't know, I see a situation and and I see how God is working and transforming and redeeming and blessing. And I just want to call that out in other people. Like, I see what God is doing in and through you. And that just gives me joy. It gives me tremendous joy. You know, that makes me think of the scripture. I'll have to look it up. But uh, we're called to stir up the gifts within one another. And we see things within one another, and we can stir that up by calling it out. And I never thought about it, but that's exactly what you do. You you can see your mind working when you're looking at people. You, you have this 
intention about you. It's very intentional to to say what is the right word. Because if here's the thing, Candace, and, and, and listeners, I think this is audience, our friends are listening. You, know, you can tell when it is, uh, should I say, just flattery versus a real word of encouragement. And I think the difference is a real word of encouragement really speaks to your heart about something that's inside you. And what is that encouragement that that the uh, uh, Hebrew mean, Greek meaning is to pour courage in, and so Candace, that that's exactly the positivity is really a scriptural, a holy holy spirit filled word to stir up the gift and then to give people the encouragement to do it. So that's that's a pretty powerful thing about you. Well, right it's, there. From and, it's from yeah. the Lord. It's from the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. You grew up in the South and it's easy. You can just flatter people. And I don't want to do that. I don't ever want to just do that. Right. I want it to be genuine what the Lord has shared. Yes. And that's why, you know, and I feel the same way. It's like I don't want to just say something because it sounds, you know, pretty or, you know, I want to. I'm like you. I, I feel like that our words, we know the, our, the power of our words are you know, life and death. And so speak life, you know, speak life. And to me, that means, the, well, the Bible tells us to, to um, encourage one another as we, as so needed. And so we have to know one another to really know how to encourage, use our words. So there, I had no idea we were going to talk about that, but that was for somebody today to really be able to know that, and, and, you know, Candace, one of the things that God has called me to this year is we're doing this tour across America, this Friends of Faith. And so I'm just talking about the godly calling and ministry of friendship. And we forget that encouragement is a ministry. Friendship is a ministry. And I think that so many times that we're being fooled, uh, blindsided, by not doing the most important things because they don't seem to be applauded by our world. And so, like you said, getting into the Word and really understanding what God says and what He thinks about things like this will really bring out our own gifts to where we can serve in our most natural way. So um, I think we're missing a lot of our callings because the world doesn't applaud them. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. also if we're not in with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And not what? I'm sorry. If we're not in tune with the spirit, I think, again, yeah, okay. when we're, we're operating in our own strength and our own wisdom, and which is foolishness to God. When we are operating in that, yeah. we miss so many incredible opportunities that the Lord has placed right in front of us. Yes. Yes. Well, and, and I think the, that's why. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead, hon. Uh, well, and again, audience, you got to remember, I'm in outside of Atlanta, and she's in in, in uh, Tennessee, and so uh, we both love the Lord and His Word so much. We're going to probably step on each other's swords a little bit, and that's okay. Okay, well, Candace, let me let me jump on in here. I, you know, let's talk about. We're going to go into you know, your the performance base and life and grace and all that. But, you know, before we do in that, and I know you've been acting. I didn't know since you were four years old. But, I mean, I love watching you. I love turning on my TV and watching you and so, so many different things that I see you in. But let's just talk about vindication. But let me just tell you, 
I just saw you. <laughs> I just saw you in a whole different light with this quirky Janet. We just tell our audience, just in case they haven't seen it. Just, do you love that role? Do you do you love being that fun spirited person? It was God orchestrated. Okay, I, I again, I could talk forever, but God is good. When He brought me into that show, I did not seek out Jared. I did not say, "Hey, I'm an actress. Here's my resume. Here's my stuff." He just heard me. I I met him at a film festival, and I saw one episode from season one. It touched me so much because he deals with issues that impact our culture in a way that shines light on the gospel and how do you navigate it as a Christian. And so I went to him after this saw at the film festival, and I introduced myself and said, I just want to let you know I'm going to be praying for your series. I really believe in what you're doing so i befriended him and i would send him prayers random times day night one in the morning five in the morning 11 in the afternoon whatever and i would just send him i never said i'm a christian i'm an actress i'm a christian here's all my stuff and then one day he happened to be watching a a faith-based interview on uh creative motion network and he saw me on there talking he goes and I was talking, they were asking me questions, and I was talking, you know, I've been trained, you know, Stanislavski, Sanford Meisner, Uta Hagen, Stella Adler, I have a bachelor, I have a master's, I was working in New York City. He heard me saying those things, and he goes, that's the girl that keeps praying for me? He <laughs> <laughs> came up to me and said, um, I would like to bring you into the show, and I don't want to bring you in just once, which... There's a lot of meaty roles that are just, they carry that episode. I don't want to bring mm-hmm. you in just one. I want to find, create a recurring role for you so you can come in. Well, normally I play very dramatic, very heavy, very serious roles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he said, I want to create something different, something a little quirky. And he said, here, let's see what we can do with this. <laughs> so that's how it <laughs> developed from there. And oh. it's been so much fun. And in fact, um, something happened in Boston yesterday, and I sent him a picture of it, and he said, LOL, I think, Candace, you really are Janet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and thank you. You you allowed me to in, uh, meet him. He's, uh, I guess, the producer and writer of the show, right? A, a producer, show. writer, director. Yeah, yes. And I, I'm so fortunate to know so many um, of the people on the show. Uh, Venus Monique was was here at, in our studio for our last um, TV show. Uh, T.C. Stalling, oh my gosh, I love him and he and I, he's been on, he's been on this show a couple of times. Cameron Arnett, who doesn't love him, I, he and BJ. So, I mean, it's just a cast of incredible people. And, and listeners, if you haven't, if you haven't heard of it, if you haven't seen it, it is the faith-based crime drama Vindication, and it is so worth it. And you will, you will know what we're talking about when you see our friend Candace Kirkpatrick on it. It is just like, to me, it's just the best role ever. I, I just love it, and I giggle, and you just make me happy to do it. So, um, and, and there's but so that's many other before things. We, before yeah, we leave, go ahead. I do want to plug TC. TC, what is also, we have a, a strong family on Vindication. We love and support yeah. one another. It truly is a family that we work together. And I want to plug my brother, TC, 
He has a film that screens only tonight through Fathom Events called No Vacancy. So I just want to say I've seen so many clips from it. He does an incredibly powerful job, and I just want to give a shout-out to T.C. Stallings, No Vacancy, this evening. Okay, well, I'll, I'll post that because he is. He's, he is fabulous. And, you know, just, um, gosh, what, what the role that he's playing in society of being that strong African-American believer and, uh, and, and doing it in such a faith-based and, I don't know, and I was able to meet his wife. I mean, they're just incredible people. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. All right, Candace, so let me, let's just get into this. And callers, I just want you to know if, if you'd like to call in the last half hour, if you have a question, and you may just want to listen to Candace, but if you do have a question, you can let us know at 347-324-5246. Be sure and just press 1, and you'll go into our virtual green room. Someone will meet you there and will alert me that you're on, uh, ready to come in and, and, and have dialogue with us. But let's get back to the incredible spirit-filled Candace, and she takes that. You can see that she takes that. In, whether I'm watching her on you know, a, a panel like on the Christian View, or speaking, or just you know walking through the halls of a of a conference, or you know one of the shows like Vindication, she you, there's no separation between her and her faith. You you see it bubbling in her all over, but but it's not always been that way. And, and we're going to talk about that today. But before we get really into her story, I, I'd like to uh, share with you, friends, something that's in her bio that just, just gripped my heart. In her bio, it says that her passion is telling stories that truthfully express the human condition while showing there is a great beauty in redemption. And that's uh, based out of Colossians 3.17. Wow, I, I read that and I started because I'm a writer and I'm a word person and I love breaking down God's word just like you do, Candace. I started breaking that down into more topics. I mean, we could we could literally build a whole conference around this one verse. But I wanted just to ask you a few questions because I feel, feel like that as we get into your story, people will be able to understand why this is so important to you. But in your thoughts there, when you say truthfully um tell stories that are tr- that truthfully express what do you mean by truthfully there well i think you know sometimes in the faith-based industry we want to keep it all nice and clean and tidied up and put a bow on the end of the package and that's it but that's not life we are all broken we have all experienced things that Others have done to us things we have done to ourselves, things we have, may have inflicted on others. There's this brokenness because we live yeah. in a fallen world. And what my point is is that I want to play anyone listening who is in the casting department, I want to play meaty roles that show the truthfulness of the brokenness. It's ugly. Yeah. It's, it's not yeah. nice and tidy. It's it's painful, and yet mm-hmm. the point it leads us to is that but God, God is yes. so much bigger, so much greater, and he longs to redeem all of the mess. Because certain situations you think, oh, that's beyond help. There is no way anything good can come out of it. No, no, no. 
with all mm-hmm. things are possible. And he longs to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So it's to yeah. truthfully show that. But that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I like vindication. It does show that without the nudity and without the profanity and stuff. Yet it shows it does not shy away from issues that are prevalent in our world. Yeah. And that's right. I want to continually be a part of that. And I don't care how broken of a character I play. I don't care if it's the nice person or the, the, you know, the ugly, hurt, hurting person. You know what I mean? The p- person that's just steeped in sin. I, I do, do not care as long as the message that the audience takes away, because of Christ there is redemption, because of Christ there is hope. Mm. I, I, and see, that's why I do what I do, is because I have this propensity to want to share the whole story. I don't want to stay just in the muck and the mire of the bad, and I don't want to skip the muck and the mire just to float on the clouds. It's, It's the entirety of the people's story, I think, is where you see God at work. And I feel like that's so important that, that people see you know, from from the bad, th- through the hurt, to the healing. Amen. I'm so with you, Kim. I'm so with you. Yeah. So we That's see where that the beauty that... is. The beauty lies in the redemption. It gives us a platform to shout that I've been pulled from the muck and the mire. He's given me a firm rock to stand that I might take others, as, as Dan Aleander says, you have been saved. You have been redeemed. Now use your life that you can serve as a bridge from others to walk from death to life. Yeah, beautifully said, beautifully said. And, you know, with everything that I do, with the programs that I do and the trainings and, and the, the books I've written, uh, Candace, are to show people that, you know, once God was mainly, you know, the, to show the path of healing, to walk with people through healing, like what you do, but also I think that there's this there's this thought that we have to renew minds about that. Yes, once God heals you, that's not where things end. That and, and for anyone who's listening, as God begins to heal you, that's really where there's a whole new life that begins because then it is our great opportunity to share what God is doing. If we're just sitting on it, then people aren't gaining from our stories, nor is God getting the glory for what he did. So to really be able to empower people to discover, you know, the power of their story and that it is a story worthy to be told, and which is one of the reasons I wanted you on here uh, because you have such an incredible story that needs to be told. So let's just go ahead and dive into that a little bit. I want you, will you just begin to, you, you gave us a hint um, in the paperwork about uh, an experience on a bus uh, that, that happened to you. So just let's just start right there, Candace. What happened? Well, I just graduated, got my bachelor's, master's, moved immediately to New York City. I had graduated young, so I was there. I'm guessing I was 22, Mm -hmm. maybe 23, somewhere between 22 and 23. And I was taking a bus cross town in New York City, heading to an audition. But while I was on the bus, I was working on a Bible study that I had picked up from my church, this thin book, and I think it was put out by Campus Crusade. And I came Mm -hmm. across this passage of the confidence that we can have in Christ because Christ has done everything necessary to secure that relationship for us. Well, 
because of my childhood, I had worked so hard at everything that I was doing. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a rule follower. I still am a rule follower, but I yes. was like, I did everything. Like if I check off all the boxes, do all of the, you know, dot my I's, cross my T's, et cetera, everything like that. And I didn't realize that I was doing this same thing, same kind of walk with Christ. You know, mm-hmm. I was striving in the flesh. And then I read this sentence in the study, and this is what jumped off the page. It said, if our relationship with God was dependent on our own good works, we could never have assurance, for we would never know if we had done enough to please God. And that was so huge for me, because I remember I was just sitting on the bus weeping, at, because this was a massive revelation. It was because, like, I had known, you know, what the Bible says, you know, that... Um, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So I knew God loved the world, but I really didn't understand that God loved me. You know, I thought mm. it was still up to me to do all of these works to get it right. Mm. And so to, to read, if it were up to me, how would I ever know, know I had done enough to please him? That was like freedom. It was tremendous freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, and wouldn't that be exactly, and, and, and people of faith know what I'm talking about. We have, we have, you know, we have, we have God, our, you know, our, our savior, but we have the enemy that's, that's always there. And wouldn't that be just like the enemy to want us to think that it, everything is, is by is performance based? Because when you think about that, that's where we as women and, and men too, but we, we can get so lost in trying to do enough and, and never feeling like we've made, made that mark. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like Thanksgiving dinner. You work and you work and you have, you know, you, you do all this and all of a sudden someone sits down and says, oh, uh, pass the pickles. And you're going, oh, no, that's the one thing I forgot. You know, there's always one thing when we're, that we haven't achieved when we're trying to do it on our own. And I think that that is just, that is uh, a mind-blowing thought, what you just said, and a peace-giving principle of God is our enough. He's made himself enough. How did that? How did? Well, before I ask you, I'm going to ask you how that how that transformed your life. But before I ask you that, I want to go back to. I think it's amazing that you were on the bus going to an audition, doing a Bible study. So how was that ingrained in you? Yeah, I mean to have a Bible study that that says a lot about who you were. How how did how why why did you have a Bible study? What led you to that? when I was six, but I grew up in a family where my parents divorced when I was four and we went back and forth, my siblings and I went back and forth between our parents for many, many years. And at Mm -hmm. the time, neither of my parents were walking with the Lord. And I always say that because God in his abundant mercy saved both of my parents later. My dad, when I was in college, my mother, when my second child was born. So God is gracious. Okay. But at Mm -hmm. the time, Neither of them knew the Lord. They weren't walking with the Lord. And it was just very dysfunctional going back and forth. I went to, I've told this before, I think I went to 10 different schools before I even reached high school. And Mm -hmm. so I was on this track, like, if I just 
pull it all together. I just work so hard, you know, mm-hmm. then people mm-hmm. think I'm good. I'm okay. I'm acceptable. There's nothing wrong. And that was me. I was, you know, I've said this before. I was the president of like an exorbitant amount of clubs. I was mm-hmm. the junior class president. I was the president of the student body. I was valedictorian. I had a full-time mm-hmm. job while doing I mean, I was just, this again, if I could do all of these things, you know, then right. to the world, I will be okay. But I had my yes. faith in Christ. I beloved the Lord. I just didn't understand his love for me. I just didn't hear him say, like, be still, Candace. Know that I'm God. I see you. I hear you. I love you. I care about you. And I've got it. But in my mind, I thought, no, i got to keep, I cannot let my guard down, can't let anyone in, and I've certainly got to keep working hard so that I can, if I get work hard to be valedictorian, then I can work hard and get a scholarship. If I work hard and get a scholarship, then I can get to college, and then I can go to college, and then I can, you know, and in my mind, it yeah. was, again, just work-based, work, work, work. So although I knew the Lord, I did not know his abundant love and grace and mercy. I love what you Go Go ahead. Go ahead. No, please, go ahead. I think sometimes it's easy, like you can say, you know, and I don't want to pass judgment on anybody, so forgive that if this comes out that way, but somebody you can see, oh, they've done this sin and they're doing that sin and they're doing that sin, you know, and you think, oh, they they have a testimony. God has redeemed them from this. And and now you can see that's where they were. Here's where they are. Well, when you're this person who is self-sufficient, depending on yourself, and to the world looks good on the outside, mm. it is impossible to see your own sin, which is heaped up in pride and arrogance and uh, just this whole self, self, self on the throne self-reliance, self-dependency, self-sufficiency, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's everything. You don't see right. your abundant need for grace. And that's what right. I need. I need grace so badly to understand what he died for and that his love was for me. Mm. Oh, what a message. What a message that we we all need to just just let that soak in for a minute. I love what you said. You knew him. You just didn't know how, and you loved him. You just didn't realize how much he loved you. I, uh, You know, listeners, I hope that you'll just sit in that for a minute because when we get back from a short break, we're going to talk about, you know, how this this moment changed uh, the life of, of Candace Kirkpatrick and how uh, what that meant. You know, I'm sure it wasn't one. I'm sure it wasn't a moment where there was just a magic wand and everything changed. I'm sure that she had to go to work and, and changing and, and letting God begin to work in her life. And so, as we go to this 30 second commercial break, I want you to think about that. Have you allowed yourself to think about how much God loves you, how He calls you precious, how He says that he sings over you, how he calls you his masterpiece, his ambassador, the one that 
died for you while we were yet sinners. All of these things. Candace, I think that the world gets so confused about who God is, and they see him as someone sitting in the sky waiting for us to mess up so he can zap yes. us. And, boy, that, that's not the God we serve, is it? No. Y'all. No, he's not. Not at all. And so when we get back, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Listeners, hang on. We'll be back in 30 seconds with the incredible Candace Kirkpatrick. We'll be right back. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. Before we get back to our incredible conversation with the one and only Candace Kirkpatrick, I'd like to invite you to learn more about the Ministry of Roses and Rainbows. That is a ministry that was birthed from my life and the life of the story of my mom and I almost 30 years ago. To find out more about that, you can go to www.rosesandrainbows.org or you could simply go to www.kimcrable.org. While there, find ways that you can become a part of who we are. We will be so much better having you with us. Also, I hope that you'll check out the Burdens of Blessings uh, study curriculum that we would love to have you a part of. We continue to certify facilitators across the nation to take men and women through this, what has been called uh, the transformational journey of healing and finding the power of our stories. Also, I'd love for you to check out our Friends of Faith Tour Across America. We are touring across America talking about the ministry of friendship. Did you know that ministry is found in friendship? It sure is. And we are talking about a different attribute in a different state, in a different city as we cross through. So find out where we're going to be. We'd love to have you join us, wherever that is. So thank you again for joining us right here on Coffee as we meet weekly. And we just are so thankful for Up To Me Radio for providing the space for us to be able to share incredible stories that I truly do know that uh, bring a lot of encouragement and equipping to your life in a very practical sense. That is my heart. Just like Candace has said, she loves uh, teaching and studying God's Word. That, there, that just lights me up when I can dive into God's Word and take out these practical nuggets that really I can live out in my life and that I can help others to live out. Because, friends, life is hard. And we face things that are impossible with man. Jesus said that himself. With man, this is impossible. But with him, all things are possible. So no matter what you're going through or what what is affecting your life today, with God's power at work within you, there is nothing that you will ever confront that you'll not be able to not only conquer, but be more than a conqueror in Christ. So 
Let's head back to our incredible guest today, and I just love her. You know her as the award-winning actress. She's a speaker. She's a teacher. She's the most encouraging person I think I've ever met in my life, Candace Kirkpatrick. Candace, thank you so much again for taking a full hour of your time. If I had to pay you, I couldn't afford you. So thank you for giving us an hour of your time. That is a privilege to be here. Honestly, I wouldn't want to be paid to talk about the Lord. Never. No, no. I want to just, I love to declare him because I know what he saved me from. Yeah. Well, let's mm. just jump right in that. He saved you from, it sounds like a life of performing. And so you, you had that. Now let's just say there's, uh, let's say there's a listener. And they, they're saying, oh, my gosh, Candace, that's exactly what I'm do- doing. I'm still trying to perform. I, I just never measure up. I don't know what to do. So let's walk them through some things that they can do, some practical things that you've learned um, and, and, and walking through this. Because it, it, does, it does take work on our part, doesn't it? It, it does. But first, also, it, you have to get rid of the lies from the enemy. The lies that say I'm worthless, you know, I don't have value unless I'm, you know, I'm contributing something. You know, I can only depend on myself. I cannot depend on any other thing. I've got to be completely self-sufficient. Those are lies. And and it's called the expulsive power of a greater affection, means displacing the lies. I'm sitting in my prayer closet right now, and I... Every time I come across a scripture that resonates with me, I write it out and I hang it on the wall here, reminding myself who I am in Christ. There's another book I highly recommend called More Power to You. It's by Margaret Feinberg, and it's, you start off with a minute and a half of, I don't know how many declarations it are, but it's, you are a daughter or a son of the King of Kings, you know. You are redeemed. You are, it reminds you who you are. Mm. That the, and it's all scripture-based, and that's what I do. I hang up scriptures to remind myself what God's word says, not what the enemy says. And that's yes. what I want to hide in my heart and meditate on. So when my brain goes to that, but thinking about it, because when I'm, I had an English teacher who wrote me a paper when I graduated, and she said, Candace, you only like Candace when Candace is excelling and getting A-pluses and doing well. You need to love all of Candace. And I thought, what mm. is she talking about? Then when I mm. had, had this experience on the bus and this transformation, which is a daily, again, incorporating God's grace, you know, it's still daily. It's a daily walk of unlearning all of that negative works based faith, everything. So mm-hmm. when I went back to high school for my 10-year reunion, so many people came up and said, Candace, you're radiating. And I thought, what do they mean? They're, and then they would say, smiling in how, high school, but now your smile reaches your eyes. <gasps> that, that was Christ. It was not <sighs> my fake pla- plastered on smile to look like everything was okay. Now it was like, I'm a child in Christ, and it's okay because he, he paid it all, and I'm resting in him, mm. not in my own self-effort. And that mm. was tremendous. 
So now I don't yeah. have to hide behind fine and good and strong and responsible and dependable. I am clothed in his righteousness. And when I'm broken, I can say, this really hurts, Lord. Or I can say, no, I don't know how to fix this, Lord, but I'm giving it to you. I'm surrendering it to you. And that mm. is huge. It's just being honest and transparent with him. And that's what I strive to have in all my relationships, no matter what they are, that I am transparent so I can say, no, I don't have the answers. Or no, this hurts. Or this is how I am feeling right now. And it's not just fine, good, great. You know, it's mm-hmm. being honest, being vulnerable, and allowing his Holy Spirit to do his cleansing and redemptive work because he is the, the reconciler, the restorer, the redeemer, the lifter of our heads. You have down here um, that one of your favorite scriptures is Ephesians 2, 8, and 10. By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works. I'm sure that you've relied on that scripture. I know I have many times. Well, that was the, that was the verse that was on yeah. the Bible, in Bible study. Mm-hmm. That was the verse. And it was to understand that it is not by my works. But if you go to the second part of that, um, the next verse, which is 10. So I'm flipping my Bible right now to Ephesians 2.10. It says, for, so it's not my works. It says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ yes. Jesus to do good works with God prepared in advance for me to do not my striving and my words but he's already prepared stuff before i was even created in this world he already has stuff in it he wants me to do and mine is to walk in what he has done what he has called me to and and how much peace is in that you know sometimes i see I see, and I and I was in this, so I understand it. It's not a judgment at all, but I see people, you know, trying to get on the next show or trying to get on the next network or trying. You can see the striving. You can see the the work that's going into it. And you know, a few years ago, I remember Candace. I remember saying, God, you tell me what to do. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I'm not going to strive to try to open doors, and I'm not going to, you know, put, try to push doors open. Because whatever you have aligned for me, no man can shut that door. Amen. Amen. Do you know? I'm in my closet, like I told you, and I have scriptures. That, I have scriptures, but I also put other things. That says God is my agent. God is my manager. Because being yeah. in this industry. It's, which is also a career, which is performance, seeking approval, yeah. work-based. You know, if you almost daily, from people telling me what I need to do to get out there, if I want to move to the next level, I need to be networking, I need to be calling these many people, I need to be, you know, sending yeah. out headshots, right. sending out And then the Lord said, I am sovereign over all things. Right. So I just need to trust and rest in him because, like you said, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Right. So I commit myself to him, 
trusting that, Lord, whatever you have prepared for me to do, may I walk obediently in it. And like you said from Revelation, he shuts doors that no one can open, and he opens doors that no one can close. That's right. And whatever he tells us to do, that's what we are responsible for. Hey, um, Kenneth, yeah. there's, there's some, something I want to go back. I, I want to make sure God has just prodded my, my heart on something when you're talking about being in the prayer closet or, you know, and I, I have friends, like I, in my studio, I, I put scripture around and, you know, in my car in different situations. I, I, I want to make sure uh, because you kind of hinted on this, but I want to make sure that our audience knows why it's important that we put God's word and not just some positive meme that, that we must. Uh, why do you put God's word and not just some a positive statement? Because it's only God's word that can transform a life. There you go. I can there take God's. I can, I mean, like even when the other book I was telling you about, you know, it's all scripture based. It's again, filling yourself with God's word because it has, it penetrates, what's it say? Bones and marrow separates that. And it says his word will not return void. So I explain your word hard. So I think sometimes people say, oh, the Lord's not speaking to me. And I want to, uh, and this is not, again, I'm not trying to judge anyone. I just want to say, how much time are you spending in the Word? Because when right. you spend Word, it gets mm-hmm. into all the crevices of your body and soul and spirit. So when you come up against these obstacles or when the enemy is shouting his lies to you or you're in a situation where the flesh is saying, do one thing, then the Holy Spirit brings God's word to mind, and He say, and you hear His voice saying, "This is the way. Walk in it," and it gives yes. you peace, clarity, and joy, and also a purpose. Yes, yes, I want to talk about that, but I love what you're saying, and I just hope that friends, you're out there, you're hurting, you're lost, you feel confused. You're not sure what to do. Here's here's why Candace and I are always saying, go to the Word, go to the Word, go to the Word. Forget Facebook. Forget these little books that have these positive mantras in them. Go to the Word because the Word, just like Candace said, it is, it is alive and active, and it will not return void. And one of the little nuggets that God has given to me, and if you, if you can just picture this, and she even said it, the word will go, the word is like water, and it will go into crevices in your heart. If you've ever sat by a creek and you see water running through the rocks, and you'll see the water going into the little crevices that you couldn't put your finger into, you probably couldn't even get a toothpick in, but you see it running. Well, our hurt have made these crevices in our heart, and we, we, we don't... They're in there so deep that we don't even know how to reach them. But God does, and his word is like that holy water. And as we're in it, it is alive, it's active, it's moving, it's working for us, and it will begin to go into those places that we don't even know how to get to. And here's the thing. It will lodge itself. The truth, as we read it, will lodge itself into those hurts, and it will do the work. It will not return void until it does that work in you. And so it may take a year. It may take a day. It may take 
20 years for that word to complete its work. But Candace, isn't that amazing that God's word inside our hearts will never die and it will never return to us without doing its work within us. I think that is one of the most powerful things for anyone to meditate upon today. Yes, and that's the thing. Um, I want uh, My dad, when I say my dad was saved, he then became an ordained pastor. He trained. I mean, he spent wow. 12 to 14 hours in the Word every day, and he would say, Candace, do not believe me because I'm a pastor. If you cannot find it in God's Word yourself. Yes. Yeah. When you... Christ, he gives you the Holy Spirit. He has Jesus interceding at the right hand. You have God as also, who is your, you know, your, your, but you also have the Holy Spirit, which is your advocate to lead you and guide you into all truth. And it says his word is truth. That's so right. that's why they're all working together to bring wholeness and healing and joy into your life. That's right. And that, my friends, is so, that's why it's so important to just fall in love with the scriptures. And I tell people that, too, you know, with with my morning lives or different ways, I will always say to them, hey, I'm working hard to always try to rightly divide the word, to always try to present it in the way that God would have me to, to, to do it. But I always say, but it's your responsibility to make sure that you don't just believe it because someone's feeding it to you. Make sure that they're giving you enough scriptures that you can go back. Because we're all human. We can all make mistakes. So I love that you said that, too. What a, Boy, your dad, when he got saved, he, his life was turned around. That's amazing, Candace. Radical 180 degrees. He spends every waking breath telling about Christ. That's it. Total transformation. Wow. That is amazing. All right. So um, so let's go back to um, incorporating grace in our lives. We've, we're down to about 10 minutes. Is it, was that transformational easy? I, I came from a performance-based background, too, and I was doing the same thing. I was just trying to make people, you know, like me. I wanted my parents to like me. There was, there was just so much dysfunction there, and there was just – there's just – a lot, and I just wanted to. I felt like if I if I did things right, then I wouldn't appear to be this mistake, or I wouldn't. You know, I just wanted people to like me. If I if I did it all right, and I'm like you, like I was the cheerleader, I was the beta club, I was Miss Homecoming, but I would go home so broken and so lonely and so hurting. And even though I too had accepted Christ, I I didn't understand the connection that God wanted me to bring to him that brokenness. I thought I just needed to keep performing until I got it all right. Candace, how did you start to walk out of that performance-based faith? Wow, you and I sound so similar, Kim. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, we are like-minded. It's a daily surrendering. It's a daily surrendering and incorporating his grace into my life every day. Mm. It's... Um, mm. I know I'm performance-based when I'm starting to think, oh, i got to check off this box, or I'm yeah. doing something with gritted teeth. Like, that's a, a, just a physical, palpable example. Like, I'm saying yes, and I'm doing it with gritted teeth because I woulda, shoulda, coulda. When I get into that woulda, shoulda, coulda, I know I'm not yeah. operating in space. Grace enables me good. to say, Grace enables me to say, I love you, but that is not what God has called me to do right now. 
or mm. I love you. That is not what he's called me to do, but I know this is exactly where such and such is wanting to work. And I really, and that's why I think I connect people all the time because I try to really, when I have relationships, be intentional in them and also what their passions, what their, what their, um, how God has gifted and equipped them. So when I hear somebody, I'm like, oh, no, that's not my category. But I, this is what they are, that God has called them to do, and I think you should do it. Then I experience joy right away mm-hmm. as opposed right. to my saying yes with gritted teeth and just so I could say, okay, I did that and checked off. Um, right. You know, we were talking about saying in God's word, I'm always going to say first and foremost, that is, First and foremost, how I start my day. In fact, I have to be there because I can be filled up by his spirit. And I, you know, we cannot serve others out of an empty reservoir. So if I'm not first being filled up by the Lord, I have nothing to give anyone else. But with that note, a book I came across eight years ago, which I just reread like three weeks ago, (laughs) Just to measure where I am in this, am I walking in grace or am I trying to live as this workspace? It's a book that I highly recommend to your audience. It's called Grace for the Good Girl by Emily Freeman. Mm-hmm. She talks yes. about letting go of the try-hard life. Mm. And, and it, whether it's people-pleasing or performance or work or whatever, that is also a good because it's all it's all saturated in scripture. It's all saturated in that. But also, mm-hmm. again, my um, one of the other verses was, you know, I was on the bus and he said, "I have come, John ten ten. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly." And mm-hmm. I realized I was not living an abundant life. I was living this exhausting life because yes. I was just it was all about me doing work for God and. And not in me trusting that God, for God to do the work in me. I was thinking, again, it was all about yes. self and doing this and stuff like that. But, um, right. and also my other verse, cast all your care upon him, you know, come to me all cares your for you. burden yeah. for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And just yes. that he continually invites me to cast everything onto him. But it's mm. funny is that my life verse, which is hanging in my closet, in my Bible, and also hanging here in my bathroom mirror, says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. That's from mm. Acts twenty twenty four. That's my task. Mm testify to his grace which is abundant and lavish and he longs to pour it upon his children Candace let's just say that there's someone we have about we have about four minutes left uh, what, a, what an incredible verse that, that you've landed on there and I'm thinking I feel with everything that you've said it's layered in so so much richness and I think that there are people that are listening now and many that will be listening later and they're going Candace Kirkpatrick, I want the life that you have. I want to I want to walk free. I want to be able to encourage others the way you do. I want to I want to get past this performance. I want to remember I, I was not saved by grace. I was saved 
not, I, I wasn't saved by works. I was saved to do good works. What, what do I do? And would you just speak to that person who maybe is just crying right now? They're just so tired and overwhelmed. What would you speak into their words? Take a couple minutes and just speak into that one person's heart who's just feeling so overwhelmed. They've tried so hard to get it right, and they're still not feeling that connection with God, even though they know they've accepted him as their Savior. What would you say to that person today? I would first say just pour out your soul before God. Empty yourself and just tell him, Lord, Mm -hmm. I am so tired of striving and working and trying to prove myself that I have worth or value or meaning because you gave it to us. God gave us value and meaning when he created us in his image. And then if that wasn't enough, it says we're created in the image of God. We are image bearers of God. But if that wasn't enough, he sent his son to die for us so we didn't have to. And that's yeah. the thing. We, we have to do it, and he's done it all. And it's just releasing it. Just, Lord, take all of this away from me and help me rest in you and the finished work of the cross, that you mm. love me infinitely more, not because of what I do, but because who I am. I am a child of yours. Mm-hmm. And that is enough, Lord God. And that you have already created things. So, Lord, what it is you would have me do, let me just faithfully hear your voice and walk in obedience to what mm-hmm. you have called me to. May I release everything else. May I get off the treadmill and the hamster wheel and all of that and let it go and ask you, Lord, what is it you would have me do? And then would you give me the grace to follow and to hear and to trust and obey and to rest in that? Mm. And he will do it. He will do it. He longs to do it. If we just surrender all of it to him. Mm. And And shift the dependence from self onto God. That's it. Shift the dependence of self from self onto God. Mm. And and listeners, there you go. I mean, it's, and that's not that's not oversimplifying. That that is the truth, you know. And I love um, I love all of her scriptures uh, where God is calling, "Come to me, you who are burdened and weary." You know, that's my that's my scripture, the foundational scripture of most everything I do. Where God says, "Come to me, bring your weariness, bring your brokenness." You know, he that is what he excels in is taking the brokenness and taking the weariness and giving us his rest which that is one of the the richest scriptures right there. But remember, God calls us unto himself as he is where we are so that he can do uh, amazing things in and through and around us. Candace, what an incredible example of God's grace and, and God in your life. And, friend, I just want to thank you again so very much for spending a full hour with us. I knew it was going to fly by, and I knew it was going to be filled with such wisdom and such grace and such encouragement. And I just pray that in everything that you do, that you will continue just to feel this incredible grace and power as you walk through this world, touching other lives in, in the most amazing way that you do. I love you dearly, and thank you so much for joining us today. 
I love you, Kim. Thank you for having me. God bless you and the ministry he has called you to. Thank you. And we'll, we'll catch up and we'll, let's do this again sometime. How about that? <laughs> All right, deal. <laughs> let's do it. And to love you, audience, you. we just love you, my friend. And audience, as you are sitting here and you're contemplating this, I hope that you understand that the words that you heard were real words. And it's about the real power that Christ has uh, given to us. It's about the real grace that he extends to you and I each and every day. So as Candace said, it's a day-by-day walk. Today is a great day just to sit down and just say, God, let's have a conversation. Give him your life, all of your life, just like the English teacher uh, said to Candace. I hope that you'll let God have all of you. I hope that we can see all of you because, my friend, you are worthy. God made you as you are, and he wants you to discover the power of the story that you have and begin sharing your life with the world. Well, thank you so much for joining us right here for coffee, and I do know it has been a conversation that has encouraged and equipped you today. We'll see you next time. Bye, friends. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrable.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.org.